0: This is a Relay Project. Real Talk starts right now. Here's Ryan Jesperson.
1: I want to welcome you to Real Talk. Hope you had a fantastic weekend here in our neck of the woods, the Edmonton Folk Music Festival over these past four days, Johnny. It always uh, sort of serves as a bit of a reminder for me. Folk Fest does that we're into the second half of summer. Uh, this is this is the mm-hmm. time where you got to get serious to make the most of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you must be seeing the same thing, hey? Working the, uh, on the on the wedding circuit, you know? You're like you guys are like pedal <laughs> to the metal right now this time of year.
2: Yeah, it's it's coming to the end of it, but uh, yeah, it's.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Did you get any rest this seen, weekend, pal? I've or seen or... so
2: many intoxicated people in this city. <laughs> I won't name any names, but oh, I've yeah. seen them at their best. I've seen them at their worst. Uh, but it's always nice when it, it's not nice when summer comes to an end. But it is a little. It's it, it's a relief. The right? changing of the seasons. I yeah. yeah.
1: like the changing of the seasons. Yeah,
2: and September's kind of kind of like a, a, a reset, right? Yeah. You get back into your old routine and you get ready for another. Another fiscal year, You've piqued
1: my curiosity by saying, you're talking about the all the intoxicated people, and then you say oh, I'm not going to name any names, which leads me to believe that were you to name names, <laughs> it would be of interest to all of us. They are,
2: because, you so know... maybe we
1: should push a little bit on you. Maybe I should, like, ask some follow-up <laughs> questions here and push you a little bit. Because I have
2: been doing some pretty prominent weddings this year. I won't name yeah. a bunch of them, but, you know, I see people... I'm like, oh, I know that person. That person... You know.
1: People are paying you for your discretion. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so you're going to
2: take it easy right now. Keep on it on
1: lock. Names. Keep it on lock. Well, we're going to drop names all week long. Mm-hmm. Um, there's one name I'm really excited to drop this week, but we haven't confirmed with her team 100%, so I'm not going to say anything yet. But we're working on, we're always working on big interviews. Uh, we want to get you the voices that matter, the the authorities. Uh, I said that in kind of a fun way. I was going to well, say the authoritize. <laughs> I was going to say the authoritative voices, but, you know, the authorities on subjects that people care about, which is why I think last week was so electrifying as mm-hmm. our leadoff guest today uh, signed his name too. That was his clip and his prognostication, not ours when we talked to Charles Adler last week. He knew we were going to be talking about the province of Alberta's seven-month moratorium on new wind and solar projects mm-hmm. and we wanted to hit it from a bunch of angles so we got kind of the assessment you know like implications 101 with uh, with um you know uh, Binyu you from uh permanent institute who joined us and uh and i think that she brought you know uh, like a, a good sort of a steady kind of assessment of Here's why they're probably doing this. Here's the impact they're probably hoping it'll have. Here's what they're telling people. And here's what it may mean for you. And then we got the political side of it on the government side from the environment minister and on the energy, you know, on the opposition side from the energy critic and and then from an economist, Andrew Leach. So we sort of wanted to tick a bunch of the boxes and still you because you're the most engaged talk audience in Canada told us it was not enough, which I appreciate. We heard from a pretty prominent Alberta mayor over the weekend privately. And she said to us, there's an entire group of people that you have not given the microphone to. There's an entire perspective. She says, rural municipalities that haven't had their say on this. We thought, okay, we can do better. We can do more. Others have said, help us understand in the first place, what this has to do with electricity prices. People care. Uh, for the most part, the most, about what's immediately impacting their family right now. Like, yeah, we care about planet Earth and whether, you know, humans will be here seven generations from now, but you also care about, like, why is my hydro bill, why is my power bill Five times what it was a year ago. And so today we will endeavor to understand that. Uh, The man they call DK, David Gray, is going to join me in studio. This guy's been working in this field for decades. I mean, he was the executive director of the utilities consumer advocate, for example, for for the better part of a decade. So, you know, we're going to get some some like and I said to him, we need layperson's language on this. We need just like common sense, straight talk stuff that people like me can understand. We're not going to get into the weeds we want you, when you're talking to your friends and neighbors, to be able to say, well, here's why we're paying so much right now. And here's what could maybe change that or not. So we'll get into that. We're going to solve the CFL tomorrow. That's coming up. I'm looking forward to that when Travis Curra joins us. And, and then later in the week, we're going to get into some other stuff. I mean, like, how is Pierre Polyev all of a sudden trending toward forming a majority government? That's what the pollsters say. And, and oh, and by the way, should contraception be free We're gonna talk to a Calgary-based doctor who says, yeah, it should, and she's pressing the federal government to pick up that tab. So we don't care that it's the middle of August. We don't care that it's the middle of summer. We're still going pedal to the metal on on subjects that we know that you're gonna find fascinating. Uh, enough of you told me as much this weekend at Folk Fest it was great to run into so many real talkers I think if we did a poll on like you know what was the most popular podcast for people hanging out in the beer garden at Edmonton Folk Music Festival oh, yeah. I think real talk would be top three again at based the, on the conversation at the weddings
2: I'm doing too you know That's more great. people come up to me now I guess because my radio career is kind of in the in the in the rear view but I got one at the last wedding I did Sparrow Lane on Saturday uh older woman came up and said, Hey, I have no idea you as a DJ or anything like that. But you are John Hicks on the Real Talk <laughs> that podcast. That is right. And I listen every day. She's like, I don't watch, so I didn't know what you look like. Oh, but I listen go. every day on Apple Podcasts. Do you think so. she
1: was an even bigger fan when she saw what you looked like? Of course. Ah, yeah. And then yeah. she came
2: up later intoxicated and was like,
1: everyone you says go. you're a great guy. And then you said your secret's safe with me. Yeah, I, I, I won't say who, who you are. safe with me. Except <laughs> for our Patreon supporters. They'll be getting an email today with all the names of all the people that you saw hammered over the weekend. I like that. We know Training is presenting this episode of Real Talk, and, uh, you know, it's not news to anybody. I mean, we're sitting here talking about what your power bill probably looks like, right? Cost of living's gone nuts. I mean, that's just a fact. And... Hand in hand with that, unfortunately, the cost of doing business has gone up as well. So, a whole bunch of businesses are looking for ways to boost their revenue. If that's you, one of the absolute best things you can do is to create a standout training program. We know training is your best training partner for creating courses and programs that sell. They've helped associations, regulators, nonprofits, and more generate millions of dollars in revenue without any extra work for their teams in creating managing and selling those training courses. If you want to learn more, if this has caught your attention, you can visit winotraining.ca today and make sure that you're figuring out you're doing every single thing in your control to find out what they could do to help your business at winotraining.ca. Well, he's uh, an Emmy Award winner for his talk radio career. He's an RTDNA Lifetime Achievement Award winner. He's the host of the Charles Adler Show podcast, and he joins us the first show of every episode here on Real Talk. It's wonderful to see our pal, Charles Adler. How the hell are you doing, pal?
3: Is the Daniel Smith government uh, going to put a moratorium on contraception? That's my question. I, oh, I, don't, wow. I don't listen. I, I get that you're the expert at drilling down on the now, making sure that it it applies to what people are thinking now and what electricity bills they're paying now you're you're the 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 king of that wow but i'm 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 always looking forward if you can put a moratorium if you can put the thumb in the dike of wind and solar what else are you putting your thumb in and will they put their thumb in and on a, a whole bunch of social and cultural and call them religious issues that some people in take back alberta and maybe some other precincts in alberta are concerned about will they put the thumb on contraception that's my question ryan it's a fair question
1: and an interesting one i I saw that you tweeted about this over the weekend people should follow you at charles adler uh look at this the the great hope for the democrats i say it tongue firmly planted in cheek but but uh robert kennedy jr wants to see the united states ban abortion (laughs) this this guy's kind of giving a whole new look to the democrats
3: yeah Yeah. he's he's a trojan mule is what he is Yeah. yeah You know, Republican sugar daddies are are hoping that uh, they can sponsor him, have him go forward for, you know, I mean, it'll it'll cost some money to put him on the ballot because he can't win the Democratic primary, but ultimately what they want on on the ballot as an independent to, to peel off Democratic votes, especially of the most uninformed Democrats, the ones who don't read at all because they just want that name Kennedy up there and they just figure, hey... If one or two percent of Democrats just want to vote for a, quote a a Kennedy, no matter how, no matter you know what kind of nutbag he is, if, if the ones who don't read don't don't know, a Kennedy is a Kennedy is a Kennedy. That one or two percent peeled off uh, Biden's vote uh, could put uh, someone like Trump back into power. That that's kind of the plan. Yeah, so, I mean, so Kennedy is a Trojan mule.
1: My main thought on the Kennedy thing is that yeah. if the Democrats can't figure out a way to sweep that guy off the stage and out of the picture then they deserve to lose you know what i mean <laughs> if your if your party is that if 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 the power of your party is that flaccid that uh, yeah. some guy uh, with his brand of lunacy yeah. can come in yeah. there. I, I mean, sure, it's great to have the name Kennedy uh, in American politics, uh, but, but at the same time, like what he's selling is just so unbelievable that I figure if the Democrats can't make quick work of this guy and get their house in order, then they don't deserve to, to, to hold that Oval
3: Office. Well, yeah, but banning, uh, banning abortion is, 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 is not going to play well with women. Um, and with other modern people, it's not going to play well with the educated. The Democrats can't win women, and the educated is no different than in Canada. Uh, right now, the abacus poll shows, uh, for the first time, uh, the liberals are actually behind the conservatives in women, and they're falling behind in educated. Once again, those two demographics, women and educated people, liberals in Canada, Democrats in the United States, have to own those categories to have a, a, a clear shot at power.
1: Yeah. So, OK, we're jumping around a bit, which this audience doesn't mind and I sure don't mind. So I, I want to go back to, to U.S. politics in just a sure. second for you. But we are going to be talking. I'm going to be talking to Tristan Hopper from the National Post on Wednesday uh, about this polling and about what he thinks uh, Pierre Polyev is doing. Or maybe it has nothing to do with Pierre Polyev. But what it, it does,
3: I can. OK, I, I don't your mean tea. to let's go. I don't mean to stomp on Tristan's grapes. But this No, has, you're not. You have a 48-hour head all. start. This has F all to do with Pierre Polyev. Okay. This is about inflation, and this is about history. Um, we're living in a time when if someone has been in power for seven or eight years, it might as well be 700 or 800 years. People have a low attention span. They want to move on. The idea that they want to move on to Polyev is 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 just also nutbag material because Polyev's negatives are, I just looked at Angus Reed this morning, uh, because I prepare before coming on in order to, you know, make things look easy in order to look like we're just flying by the, the seat of our pants. You know, we've got to prepare, prepare, prepare just like the Marines, just like Ryan. Justice You're like spander.
1: Connor McDavid taking wrist shots in his parents' garage in the middle yeah, of August. That's, that's, what, that's I'm doing. what That's what yeah. you are.
3: That's what, that's what I'm doing. I'm, 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 I'm taking it all down with that wrist shot. a boy. Connor McDavid, uh, whatever 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 Connor McDavid is doing right now, um, I salute because you talk about a person who prepares. not only does he prepare with the wrist shots and the everything he eats Okay, Tom Brady and t- Connor McDavid had that in common. very, very careful about what he puts into his body. It's the only anyway, reason
1: Johnny it, and I aren't pro athletes. We've already discussed this. If we could just be more disciplined <laughs> on our on what we put into our bodies, we'd have entirely yeah. different well, Johnny
3: Johnny was about to, I guess, download a bunch of names of people who have. Uh, the problems with the alcohol at, at weddings. Imagine <laughs> yeah. that drinking at a wedding. Not problem. I'm I, counting I, on Danielle Smith to put a moratorium on that.
2: I think <laughs> stop a, people from drinking <laughs> at weddings. I think a wedding is one place where, even if you're not, you know, a regular drinker, you kind of, you know, you get into yeah. it. You let it loose. It's a celebration. But I will All say right. that I have seen some people who I'm like. Ooh, I don't think you should be, you know, taking your <laughs> pants off on the dance floor uh, when there's cameras and video
3: and uh, phones around. So, yeah, yeah. Johnny the Enabler,
1: uh, Johnny the Enabler. It's maybe maybe Johnny you should quit playing such banging tracks. Much as wants, maybe 20. that's the big thing.
3: So, I mean, a lot of the
1: pollsters. So you're 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 hanging yeah. out with them. You you see eye to eye with yeah, them. They're saying Ang- that this Angus
3: Reid has pointed out that Ten the, point the, the lead. Polyam- and negatives are sky high. And if as long as his negatives are sky high. Uh, you you can't beat somebody with nobody. So what the polls right now are showing that is look. that Trudeau is Trudeau is beatable. Yeah, I but, think it. But is, it's, Johnny, it's is, ridiculous to jump to the conclusion that people are wanting to hoist Pierre Polyev on their shoulders, especially when Polyev, once again in his conspiratorial quackery that he cannot get out of because he is a conspiratorial quack, whether people like it or not. He's into this WEF thing. It's something that you've discussed with with real talkers in the last couple of years. And yeah, world once again, Forum, you know, yeah. CP did a story. So uh, therefore uh, the Polyev decides to call CP a, a division of the CBC, which it is not. Okay. It's just one of many lies. that Third grade con men like to tell in this country. Uh, so CP uh, is an independent service and CP put out the story that Pierre Polyev is still into these whack job conspiracy theories. Like the WEF is running Canada and running the world and, Blah, 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 blah. And so Paulie, uh, you know, shot back about how he's concerned about the Canadian people and he wants to make sure the Canadian people have the power and not the WEF, not Switzerland, you know, bring the power back to Canada. Uh, don't let these Swiss gatekeepers get in the way. This is this is quackery. Okay. It's it's not jobbery. And so the, the campaign on him with his own quotes hasn't even been done yet. So if you're if your unfavorables are at 52%. And the campaign on you hasn't even been done. That makes it a contest in my humble opinion. Yeah,
1: I mean, I, I think that, uh, first of all, I don't believe that he's uh, into the quackery. I believe that he's an opportunist. Uh, and I And I think that like any other politician, he's saying what he thinks he needs to say. Uh, to get his support base to where it needs to be to win an election. I think that most politicians that have risen to the level that Pierre Polyev has risen to, with some exception, um, and I would include Donald Trump in this, they know what they're doing, Chuck, and they don't believe everything that they're saying. There's no way they can possibly believe everything they're saying, or they wouldn't be smart enough to find their offices uh, downtown. You know what I mean? Like, I, I think if oh, he I gets exactly- it.
3: I, I know what you mean, and whether whether he's a, a nut or or trafficking in nut jobbery. The, the point is, those quotes come back to bite you sure. in the rear end. And when you're involved in conspiratorial stuff, you turn off those two demographics I was talking about: the educated and women. And they matter a lot, and they really matter matter in the battlegrounds. The co- conservatives are always lathering themselves up because they get. You know, 70% numbers and 75% numbers in rural Canada. Well, here's the math. There is not one single battleground in rural Canada. The Conservatives own rural Canada, and it becomes so bleeping what? The battlegrounds are in the suburbs, mainly the suburbs of Vancouver and Toronto. That's where they have to win. And, and, and stuff about the WEF, and, and Pierre Polyev is going to bring the power back from Switzerland. Whether he believes that nonsense or not, doesn't matter. I know... And that's why I believe it, because I know it, that that stuff does not work in the burbs of Vancouver and Toronto.
1: Yeah. Conservatives say they're going to spend about three million bucks uh, or at least sources close to the conservatives uh, marketing Polyev over the next few months. And uh, you can see his wife, Inada, uh, just a couple of days ago, posted a video, you know, why my husband's doing what he's doing. And it's and it's this uh, it's this this continuing effort. Conservatives certainly aren't the first to do it, but to, to kind of humanize Polyev, to make him look like less of an attack dog as, as he has been. He's built his brand on that. Um, sitting on the Folk Fest Hill just last night, friend of mine, doesn't pay much attention to politics, uh, but she was talking about Trudeau, and then she goes, you know, she goes, this might surprise some of our friends. She goes, but I really love Pierre. And she'd just been talking about Trudeau, and she goes, but I really love Pierre. And I go, Pierre Trudeau? And she goes, no, Pierre Poliev and I go, "Oh, okay. You know, interesting. Like just cuz she never imagine Charles your friend that like talks the least of in other words, she's never talked about politics in her life to me. All of a sudden yeah. likes Pierre Poliev." And I'm and I and I go, "What what is it like not I, not, not not acting incredulous, but right. I was just I was just like what is it about him?" And she goes to be honest, I just like how he goes after Justin. Like he's always got the zingers. He's always got the one-liners. And like I think she's looking at it. I don't speak for her, um, but like I think she's looking for entertainment in politics. Yeah. You know, and and so it was it was Polyev's like like she said zingers and one-liners that got her. But another one of her girlfriends leans over and says, "You should read about some of his policies." And she's like, <laughs> "I will," you know. And I and I, and I just kind of like turned around and kept listening to Ben Harper sing. That's all I was, you know. It's it's stories of Trudeau, Harper, and Poliev from the hill. I suppose would be my wow. my memoir. But uh, yeah, it was kind of an interesting one. Now, obviously, the Conservatives I think have seen an opportunity with. Uh, and and I don't mean to put it this way, but I'll put it this way: with the Trudeau house in disarray yes, to a certain degree, so
3: they're putting. Degree out the, the fact that the leave it the beaver family is yes, the Polyev family. exactly
1: everything's yeah. perfect at home Whatever. with the polyevs uh sure. he's the man that represents family values and steady oh, yeah. Eddie conservatism and and the liberals have like you know probably a year and a half to try to get things to calm down and for the public memory to fade and the public memory can fade on anything in a year and a half that's a fact
3: so the tweet that uh, we were talking about last week right the uh Trudeau's Trudeau and his son. Oh yeah, at the movies. Teenage yeah. son, they go to yeah. they go to watch Barbie, and Trudeau's wearing pink, and yeah, people get upset, the incels get upset, and the other members of the coalition uh, on the right get upset. That tweet at this moment is over forty two million. That's larger than the population of Canada. Yeah. So it, it, they could talk about Polyev and you know Polyev's got the uh, whatever the, the the zingers and whatever. Nobody has the zing. Whether the conservatives like to hear this or not, nobody has the zing of Justin Trudeau. I mean, who else in this country can put out a tw- Taylor Swift might not be able to put out a tweet right now and get forty two. Oh, million, I, don't, okay? know I don't know. about that. I don't know about that. Oh, is that is that is that risky business? <laughs> no, did I, just, Taylor, did I just step on the goddess. Taylor's yeah yeah. Well, she's just
1: Taylor next Swift level. Is fantastic. Taylor's got an army. Yeah, once got simple, an
3: I'm, army. I'm simply making the point that at any given moment, Trudeau can put out a tweet. And get 42 million tweets. Trudeau is not the international star that Taylor Swift is. Trudeau is a Canadian star. Yes, he's known internationally. But Taylor Swift is international. If Taylor Swift was basically a Canadian content queen, I don't know if she could get 42 million tweets by putting out as little as Trudeau put out. And the entire right uh, jumped on it. So that's the, the point I'm making. And if I'm making it carelessly or callously... Sorry. Well, the, you the just point you, has to be made. You know,
1: you just you, you just did this, like you know, Connor Bedard is this eighteen year old that's coming in from the Regina Pats. He's going to go play for the Chicago Blackhawks, and yeah. and some people will say, could could he be? Could he have as much of an impact as 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 former Blackhawk Jonathan Taves, or or yeah. did he has this snapshot everyone's talking about? You know, like could could he have a snapshot like Luke Robitaille? And and, and then you just went straight for it. You were like, you know, could he be Gretzky? uh invoking the taylor swift name is just like like johnny right
3: away just went oh
1: boy of course. it's, okay. it's, it's so, like justin bieber oh, yeah. so,
3: taylor oh, swift call, call me manipulative okay <laughs> yes i invoke taylor swift what, what am i going to do in, in, invoke taylor horowitz if i said taylor horowitz wouldn't mean anything it would taylor, taylor
1: swift oh my god yes you know. that's right so gets, can a yeah. can a single dad win an election are canadians ready for that
3: a single you go oh, because Trudeau is a single dad. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't know how many people uh, mark an X on the ballot based on based on that. I'd be I, curious
1: to see. I'd be curious to see if like if if when it all comes down to it, people like polling right now. It's interesting. It gives us in the middle of August something to talk about on a talk show. That's great. Um, but I don't know that like polling right now actually matters at all. No, it does. Uh, it if, doesn't. If you're working it for the Conservatives, because, by, by the it's way, encouraging. Here's, here's,
3: here's, but here's, here's what else matters. You know, We can talk about Taylor Swift. We can talk about some of these others. I mean, you know, Taylor Swift has been able to sustain and grow for many years. That's one of the reasons she's a superstar, because a lot of people have one hit, two hits, whatever. People get bored quickly. Uh, whatever Paulyev is is doing right now, that's, uh, you know, the, the zingers, it could get very tiresome and tedious even for your, your friend uh, who is talking to you on the weekend. I mean, the next election is two years away. It's impossible, and I mean... Impossible today to determine what will be still a hit or tedious and tired two years ago. All I know is that Trudeau, in Canadian terms, has been a superstar now for about a decade. That tells me something. Well, yeah. his dad
2: did
1: it, right? Nineteen eighty. Yeah, yeah, it was a, was a single was, dad. Yeah, single at the time. Nineteen eighty was divorced. Margaret was doing her thing, and so. yeah,
3: yeah, he had, he had nobody. That kind of, uh, Ryan, sir, let's be serious for a moment here. Do you think anybody thinks that Justin Trudeau is a bad dad? Do you think that any, any anybody thinks that Justin Trudeau's children aren't at. being raised properly or aren't being mentored by Justin Trudeau? Well, I mean, no,
1: but here's the thing is, saying. I I don't personally think that that is the question. I think that the question is, if the conservatives are working so hard yeah. to, to, to market or to brand Poliev as like the loving, doting father, um, if the conservatives you know back in the day like what you know you know what the tough look was for the conservatives was like Prime Minister Stephen Harper dropping his son Ben off at school and shaking his hand instead of hugging him there's always just been this you know like hello boy like I have a <laughs> prosperous <laughs> day it's like no so human you know, and, but like does so anybody think Stephen harper doesn't love his kids no i'm just oh harper I, i'm just know, saying harper, like God. for some reason obviously people that know more than we do or at least as much as we do yeah. about making an impact on the public and shaping public opinion and getting votes that's what they care about the most they obviously prioritize the the, the optic that yeah. Everything's great at home, and this is your classic Canadian family, you know. And then, you know, we can have conversations about what's the definition of family and what's the definition. <laughs> right. Like Wait, we can Ryan, go there, but,
3: but, but people it, do care. Okay, can I can I put a moratorium on this for a moment and oh, just put, the, we put up the calendar? Nice okay. full circle. We're, we're in we're we're in the twenty twenties right now. Yeah, not the nineteen twenties. Seventy million, not seven. Seventy million people, most of whom are conservative, in the United States voted for a guy who was regularly planking and paying porn stars. So if the conservatives in the States were ready to vote for a guy, enthusiastically vote for a guy who was sleeping with porn stars, you you think it's a huge problem that Justin and Sophie aren't together right now?
1: I think that Donald Trump is on an island that's one of the things that I find so fascinating about him is nobody else could get a even remotely get away with a tenth of the stuff he gets away with. Like imagine if anybody else called Elizabeth Warren Pocahontas. Like that's just one example wow. out of a yeah. thousand off the top of yes. my head. Imagine yeah. if one yeah. person tried to do even one thing that he does, I mean, imagine if another president, like, was hoarding documents at their personal residence, including boxes of classified information stacked in the bathroom by the toilet. Like, what? It doesn't make any sense. I mean, let alone quarterbacking and manifesting and encouraging and and planting and watering an insurrection an attack on the democracy of the very nation that you seek to lead again and still... There's going to be 50 plus million people that can't wait to pull out their pencils and mark an X in the spot that says, we forgive you now, then,
3: and forevermore. On the list, you didn't include his son-in-law shaking down the Saudis for billions of dollars. Well, because then people would invoke Hunter
1: Biden and the Russians, and then it would get sloppy and messy and... I think you get my point.
3: I don't think right, that for, we can- the, for, for the record I'll, I'll I'm willing to stimulate that I and, and stipulate, okay? Stimulate and stipulate. That's two S's. Yeah. Uh that uh, Pierre Polyev is, is not uh, sleeping with porn stars, okay? You're going to put your neck out there and I'm going to I'm going to stick the neck. Okay. I'm going to I'm gonna giraffe this one, okay? I'm gonna stick the neck right out. And, yeah, yeah. He's not. He's there's no porn star issue with. We don't get stories Carly, like that in
1: Canada. You know. uh, not to say I'm 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 trying to think of like back in the day there was the uh, what did they call themselves? it was like a play off the Rat Pack, but but it was like uh, Raheem Jaffer and Jason Kenny and all those yes. young not the brat pack what did they the snack pack i think they called them or something like okay. that anyway but it was like that group of like young brash confident kind of party animal conservative mp's these were the young guys like kenny was an mp like late 20s uh, raheem jaffer was was ran into some trouble uh edmonton area mp optically and otherwise uh, you know, possession of cocaine. Is he, is he the guy like that, that did an
3: impersonation of himself on, on a voicemail or
1: something? Uh, uh, impersonation of himself. That sounds more like a Jonathan uh, Dennis says, type he, move. Uh,
3: he sent someone some voicemail. I think he was it was impersonating somebody. Maybe it was him.
1: But Jaffer got all got got embroiled in a story in, involving cocaine. And uh, and that was enough to kind of bring down yeah, his coca- political career. It wasn't career.
3: just cocaine. I think the headline was, and it was a Toronto Star headline. So it wasn't, you know, some... Yeah. Piece of tabloid trash. It was the Toronto Star, and I think the headline was cocaine and busty hookers.
1: Yeah, yeah. So there you go. Um, yeah, and, and in the states, you know, you, you find cocaine in the White House, and it's like barely a ripple. Johnny, we mentioned right. on the show for forty five seconds, and that was about it. So, so can you miss the days don't when get Canadian the news
3: was filled with stuff like with, with you know cocaine and busty hookers? Was that a was that a more interesting time to be a commentator than uh, you know, just is, talking about putting a sock in wind? Wind farms. This is back to two thousand
1: nine, uh, oh. Raheem Jaffer. I forgot about the impaired driving charge, but yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm not trying to be funny. That's a fact.
0: Uh, he was oh, stopped
1: know. in a Ford Escape yeah. traveling at a high speed. He was, a, he was. He was a train
3: wreck, Ryan. He was a train wreck. Thirty seven years a good-looking old, good looking guy, but he was a train wreck. Yeah.
1: So you know, there you go. And that was kind of probably the end of it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, uh, before we go, I did pull a clip. This is uh, Chuck Todd. Mike Pence wants to be president, obviously. Yes. And um, he talked to Chuck Todd on Meet the Press. And, and Chuck wants to know. And, and Chuck, I don't, I don't want to steal your thunder. So you'll take no, this fine. on. But we'll remember MAGA Republicans, Make America Great Again Republicans. <laughs> These are the ones that wanted to literally, literally yeah. lynch Mike Pence on yes. January 6th. Uh, so Chuck Todds asks, are you seriously a MAGA Republican? And, and here's what he had to say. Do you consider yourself a MAGA Republican?
3: Uh, I, I'm incredibly proud of what we did in the Trump Pence administration for four years. And, uh, you better believe it. In those four years, uh, after, after eight years of the slowest recovery since the Great Depression, eight years of an under Barack Obama and Joe Biden that saw military cuts that hollowed out our military, eight years of liberals on our courts, uh, under the trump pence administration with the support of MAGA americans we 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 literally did make america great Do you feel like you're a maga republican that, or not that pandemic struck and Look, I, look, I, I'm a Christian, a conservative, and a Republican in that order. I've always said that. Yeah. People who know me know those are my values, the, those are my ideals, and, uh, I really believe that, I, uh, the agenda that I've always been about, right. that I'm looking forward to making, I, taking to that debate stage, is the agenda that'll bring this country all the way back. These are the guys that wanted to murder him, Charles. Christian, conservative, and Republican, That order Than to say I'm a, I'm an idiot and a squirrel, um, and a former Veep in that order, but I'll just say this, that, uh, you know, a man much smarter than me once said that uh, the prospect of a hanging, uh, you know, concentrates one's mind. And I guess what that person never said was one has to have a mind. And uh, Pence isn't uh, isn't blessed with much of that. Yes, he's a conservative, he's a Christian, he's a Republican, I believe, all those things. But he's just not the sharpest knife in the drawer.
1: You'll catch Charles Adler, the first episode of every single week right here on Real Talkie. If you want more after that, you can subscribe to the Charles Adler podcast. Get that every single day. And I like this three-minute thing that you're doing as well. It's like basically your take on the top news headlines weekdays. Three minutes quick hits.
3: Yeah, three minutes that matter. I like to boil it down, and I do it without being smug.
1: (laughs) Relatively speaking. Yeah. We love you, buddy.
3: And we love you, Mike Pence. (laughs) Raw, raw
1: raw to Christians, conservatives, and Republicans. Yeah, that's right. We'll see how that works out for him. Talk to you in a week, Chuck you bet coming up in just a second why your electricity bills are so high like maybe five times higher than they probably should be david gray is going to join us he's got a lot of experience in this space and a whole bunch of you wanted to hear him on the show so he's made the trip in studio that's coming up in two minutes before we do that i want to remind you what friesen brothers has going on right now a lot of you are going to be hitting the road you're going to be visiting friends maybe it's picnic season you want to grab something quick to take to the beach or whatever your favorite music festival is friesen brothers is now stocking B.C. blueberries. You can choose from convenient cases or you can opt for bulk blueberries by purchasing an eight-pound box. Eight-pound box would be enough for our one-year-old Noah for like a day and a half. Loves his blueberries. These are ideal for summer smoothies, family sharing, or even making your own homemade blueberry jam to enjoy through the winter. Uh, There's more information in the flyer at Friesen.com. You can uh, get them uh, and you can check out that flyer. Again, I recommend the Family Essentials flyer too. Great recipe ideas, quality food for low prices at Friesen Brothers for more than 65 years. Alberta grown and Alberta owned i wanted to give a big shout out to our friends at complete care restoration this is a a tough time of year i know for a lot of albertans everything was going perfectly fine in the summer months and then the next thing you know a fire impacts your community or the next thing you know those that few days in a row of heavy rains and then your basement floods and then all of a sudden you got a big huge mess on your hands if this is the gut punch that you're dealing with, we recommend you give a quick call to our friends at Complete Care Restoration. They've been around for more than a decade, a family-owned business that is going to give you the professionalism that your project deserves. And that personal touch, the one that we've experienced, we've seen them in action. This is a team that we absolutely recommend without hesitation. Two thumbs up. You can find them online at CompleteCareRestoration.ca or give them a call 780 454 our friends at eden landscaping have spent this weekend in our yard and we're so thrilled johnny i posted a a quick video on my instagram of the progress of our backyard overhaul and i was promptly and immediately told to take it down from my wife she says we haven't done the reveal yet what are you doing so for those of you that follow my instagram stories A few of you saw a sneak peek. I was not authorized to share. We're super excited about this because it's working out exactly how you hope when you invest in a landscaping project. Our family's sticking to a budget. We have to. We're a regular family just like you, but at the same time, we had a big vision. We want to squeeze everything we can out of this investment, and Mike and his team at Eden Landscaping are doing exactly that for us. We're going to be telling you about that finished product and showing it all off in the weeks to come. Right now, you can get your conversation with them started at landscapeedmonton.ca. And I wanted to make a quick mention to our friends at the Dairy Queens of Northwest Edmonton and Sherwood Park. I was taking a look at their social media over the weekend, and we had a total. So in the Northwest Edmonton Dairy Queens, about 112 dollars raised on Miracle Treat Day for the Stollery. Uh, in Sherwood Park at their baseline road location another 36 grand uh, if I'm doing the quick math off the top of my head we're looking at just under $150,000 for the Stollery Children's Hospital Foundation and I want to thank you Real Talkers for giving hope I know that so many of you showed up because you were tagging us on your Instagram post you were telling us about it in person we saw it on Twitter and Facebook thank you for buying blizzards to support Children and teen healthcare in Western Canada through the Stollery Children's Hospital Foundation. It's always a great day to visit the Dairy Queens in Palisades, Nemeo, Newcastle, Westmount, and Baseline Road. When you're there, you make sure you tell them that Real Talk sent you. That's the Dairy Queens of Northwest Eventon and Sherwood Park. You know, if You're one of those, and you're listening right now, and you're like, I'd love to take the kids somewhere. I'd love to treat the kids, but uh, the family budget this month just isn't allowing for it. You're you're trying to stretch your dollars everywhere you can. Uh, You know, you think you're doing all right. Interest rates are up on the credit card. The variable rate line of credit is costing you more. Your mortgage is costing you more. Fuels costing you more. I'm not trying to rub salt in the wound. We're living that same reality, and then you get your utilities bill and you see, you know, there's got to be a mistake, right? Like, is everybody leaving all the lights on? Did a neighbor plug a generator into our house? Is is something happening? Why is our power bill so much? Well, so many of you have been asking that question and we wanted to get the answer from somebody who knows what they're talking about. David Gray has uh, worked as an energy economist. Uh, He was trained right here in Alberta, the University of Calgary. Uh, He's worked as a load forecaster, a system planner in Northwest territories as an analyst uh, for gas and electric rates. He was the executive director of the utilities consumer advocate through the two thousands, and he's worked uh, as a consultant on rates and energy efficiency across North America. Uh, Up until just a couple of years ago when he closed his practice and launched a philanthropic venture, which we're going to talk about in a few minutes. But it's a real pleasure to welcome David Gray to the show in studio. Thanks for making time for us.
4: Uh, Thanks for having me, Ryan. This is uh, fantastic. This is uh, I mean, you see the little part of it on air, but you never see the whole thing. It's it's really a great uh, scene. And I just have to say, just riffing on your uh, your results from Dairy Queen. I love this town. That that people will go out of their way to help other people is the best thing about Edmonton.
1: hundred and fifty k. They
4: raise in one day. Yeah, I know. For the stallery. Yeah, I know. And you didn't even count, So Albert, I think I counted for about 500 bucks worth of stuff. Attaboy.
1: Well, we were encouraging people, uh, you know, we were like, you know, go buy 30 blizzards, go buy 40 blizzards, buy blizzards for your whole office or for the whole soccer team or whatever. And I think people obviously did. Intermittent fasting will take care of whatever (laughs) results. That you yeah, I keep that. hearing about this. People keep telling me that it works. There's there's probably some segue there for me to start getting into power uh, conversation here. Well, if I can, let me segue because I'd like just like to say um,
4: I spent my first part of my career in Hay River Northwest Territories as the economist for NWT Power. Hay River and Fort Smith are being uh, airlifted, evacuated because of forest fires right now. Jeez. So I just wanted to you know, say, uh, I pray for the people that are uh, are there, able to get out safe. So many friends up there.
1: Yeah. I mean, the, and, and these are the ones that are obviously that connects with you personally. I can see it on your yeah. face. Um, and and we, we see stories like last week. We couldn't ignore the story out of Lahaina on Maui. Um, the death toll there when we talked about it was in the 30s and that stopped me in my tracks. Thankfully, uh, you know, and, and you yeah. knock on wood in, in Canada, and, and I know that this can change in an instant, but whether it's the fires in Linton that that basically leveled that B.C. community, um, you know, a while ago, or in like Slave Lake, Fort McMurray, I, I recognize that there were some, a couple of motor vehicle accidents and, and there were some unfortunate circumstances. Uh, we don't know the longer term effects of firefighters and, and, and some of the stuff that they're breathing in and, and that kind of stuff. But generally speaking, we don't see the property damage is astronomical and off the charts. But thankfully, we haven't seen, you know high fatality numbers to see now in Lahaina they're saying it's 80 plus um, after the weekend and people are still missing I'm having a really hard time wrapping my mind around that
4: I agree with what Charles had to say is that there's no one in the world looking at Maui doubting climate change
1: yeah In your in your career, uh, how much of a conversation uh, uh, kind of get into this and uh, I've encouraged you to sort of be this and this would not be new for you to be kind of a voice looking out for consumers in this interview to help the average person, you know, uh, understand, you know, let's let's not get into the weeds and industry jargon and all that kind of stuff. But but when you started working, you, you graduated in '89 as an energy economist, and, and the better part of your career has been in this field. Were people talking about you know the environmental impact of power generation and, and stuff like that in the '90s and into the early 2000s? Is this yeah. has this been on the radar of the big producers? And well, not only
4: that, Alberta at one point was the world leader in uh, carbon uh, credit exchange. It had a plan. As to and was the first to put in a carbon tax, right? We had this plan, and it all came together under the Stelmac uh, government, that would have been just spot on, would have put us in great shape uh, to continue to produce hydrocarbons while offsetting that with energy efficiency and other types of programs. We had the opportunity to really grab the bull by the horns and be the leader, uh, but in Alberta, if it isn't combustible, it's communism. Huh, right. So we're, we're at where we're at with what are really ridiculous arguments about why we shouldn't be the green energy capital of the world
1: what are you making of the story that Chuck had some fun with it this morning uh, this moratorium on wind and solar I've got I've got letters from people and and uh, I've got one here from Garth I wanted to acknowledge we got his email and Garth's a, a, you know a, an ardent real talker and spends a lot of time listening to the show but he says that you know he's he's disappointed he's concerned to see people buying in and drinking the kool-aid on wind and solar we've got some of our audience members that are saying a pause is prudent um, I saw that the mayor of Red Deer County today and, and obviously that's a big oil and gas part of the province a lot of people that work in oil and gas services in that part of the province uh, but saying that this is a prudent move uh, from the Daniel Smith conservatives and then I see other people saying you know uh, I mean you know take consider the source uh, opposition energy critic last week but Najwa Naljanaid says to us when's the last time that the government just hit pause uh, for a half a year on a multi-billion dollar industry and you'd have to think long and hard to come up with an answer there so, no, so it's
4: the beginning of the NDP um. <laughs> It's a very stupid thing to do, and I'll tell you why. The reason is is you only get to be a flaky government once before everybody readjusts their risk perspective in terms of government uh, regulatory risk. Okay. So, you only get to be flaky and pause it once. Now, the problem is, is the NDP did something that was just as silly, both for solar and, and renewable and then energy efficiency, that they said, oh, hey, we're gonna have this program, we're gonna pay for it, and it's gonna be two years away. So everybody that I knew who was in the solar industry, you know, early adopters, early early proponents of solar, uh, got put out of business. And then I got put out of business doing industrial energy efficiency for the same reason. You know, the road to hell is paved in good intentions, and I can understand maybe they've had the intention of trying to adjust how these things are gonna be fixed in the future, but the biggest problem they have is they're missing the fundamental problem, which is that we have a broken electrical wholesale market, and nothing really good is going to happen in Alberta until we can sort that out.
1: So you're saying that the NDP has screwed this up, and you're saying that the UCP are screwing this up. Is that your assessment? Yeah. Politicians are just screwing this up.
4: You know, it seems like you can't get into be the Minister of Energy without misunderstanding electricity.
1: Huh. Okay. Okay. <laughs>
4: The, uh, the thing that drives me nuts is the extent to which you know the David Staples very simplified view of the world is the one that's driving people's opinions about renewable energy and, and other things. Um,
1: okay, the Edmonton uh, Journal columnist, let's yeah. not take for granted that everybody has or hasn't sure. read what he had to say. Yeah. All I saw was a tweet talking about wind turbines, the height of the Calgary Tower in people's backyards. I
4: forget sometimes that you're bad in nationwide.
1: Yeah. Well, it's just you know, not everybody reads staples. So yeah, yeah, yeah.
4: It's uh, he gets to this. Well, you know, we've got to back up every kilowatt of renewables with thermal which is a gross simplification of the actual calculation that you do in terms of loss of load probability. But it doesn't even matter, because we haven't done anything like that for, since 2000. We have an electricity market, and the thing you need to talk about is what measures are you going to put into the electricity market to ensure that prices are stable, that it's reliable, that you have the right type of generation coming on. And all of those are basic economic market functions, that will happen if you have the market set up such that it has the right incentives. We have a market that they they cobbled together in the nineties using the state of the art derivative theories of the day, and it doesn't work. It doesn't put the right incentives in place to make sure that generators are reliable and are cost effective.
1: But so this is Staples isn't alone in this. If you look at the spirit of the premier's comments. Uh, she's saying and, and and she was trading punches with the uh, or at least let me say she was lobbing uh, bombs at the federal environment minister Stephen Gobo over the weekend. I saw, yeah, implying I saw that. that he, that he kind of doesn't understand the pressure that Alberta's grid is under and, and, and the premier tweeted out a graph that she says and people can find it themselves. Uh, on her Twitter account. She's unblocked like a ton of people, by the way, and Real Talk's <laughs> taking credit for that, by the way. Um, so people, more people can see her tweets now, but she says, Minister Gilbo, here are several instances last winter when Alberta's grid was barely able to keep up with demand. She says, and for this reason, we can't over rely on wind and solar or we're gonna have to roll out brownouts and blackouts. Well, let's just unpack that. Let's unpack that.
4: Because you have the same problem in Texas now why do they have that problem we have an energy-only electricity market which means you only generate you only pay if you generate right Uh, if you don't generate you don't get any money so how much money are wind and solar facilities making when they don't generate is it zero it's zero okay we don't pay those guys for reliability We pay them for cheap energy, and it's the cheapest energy we've got. We have wind power in Alberta at under 4 cents a kilowatt hour locked in for 20 years. (laughs) That's the cheapest energy we've got. You want the most expensive energy right now. It's those gas-fired plants that, because of their market position, are able to drive the price through the roof using the market power, um, which we need to get to. But the, you know, the long and the short of it is, the reason that we have reliability problems isn't renewables, it's because we don't provide enough money in the system for people to build peaking plants. That's been the problem with this market and the Texas market from the beginning, that they assumed you would get the same amount of reliability as a, a regulated system with a $1,000 price cap. I had a company, Boston Consulting, investigate that when we're at the Utilities Consumer Advocate, and it's closer to $20,000 a megawatt hour. So the real problem we've got in terms of reliability is we don't pay enough for peak when we have those shortages, and that would fix it in in a heartbeat.
1: Okay, but I see a bunch of people, and, and I think that, that commentators know, or some of them do, um, and I won't call it good faith, that if they obfuscate the conversation, it, it, it's easy to, to scare people off asking questions by making them feel uncomfortable in a conversation, right? You yeah. don't understand this, you don't understand the premise, please tell me you know what this means. If you don't know what this means, you have no business talking about this. And so the average person fades away and they yeah. shut up, and yeah. then they keep paying, and this is how human beings are manipulated in circumstances. We want to be able to answer back. So I, I see people saying, you don't know the first thing about integrating wind and solar into the grid. You don't know how costly that would be. You don't understand everything that comes along with this. The average person doesn't, so sit down and shut up. That's what the average person's being told to do right now.
4: I've forgotten more about electricity than most of these guys know. Okay, so <laughs> let's go. So the problem we have in the Alberta market, the, the reason that the prices are able to go up so high is that in designing it, they came up with this unique system called economic withholding. In most other commodity markets, you have all your trading going on in your forwards markets. So you have a contract that I'm going to supply natural gas to you. I'm going to supply you 10 gigajoules natural gas in November at such and such a price. We have a contract. I go to the natural gas pipeline um, and I say, here's my contract. They say, okay, you can transport, and that transaction is completed. Um, when we look at electricity, we don't have any of that. We're trying to make a spot market work like a forward market with various financial jiggery-pokery, and it doesn't work for shit. is <laughs> the fundamental problem, that we have this system where the normal pricing is that as soon as somebody gets enough Market power, which is now Transalta and uh, Harvest, you can withhold a little bit of supply to drive the price up. So that's what's taken the price from what was about six cents a kilowatt hour, seven cents a kilowatt hour in uh, 2021 to 30. Now uh, you can look up the study from is the it University 30? of Calgary. Well, it's the the RRO is I think 32. Okay. Um, so. Yeah, it's gone up up five times because of economic withholding, Um, not fuel prices, not inflation, not anything else. You can look at um, the University of Calgary Public Policy School did a paper about this in uh, 22 because it's just clear. I mean, I I railed about this in 2015 when it was TransCanada doing it before the end of the power purchase agreements Uh, because it's just a stupid system. Right, like it, literally. You've given four companies the ability to raise the price for a fundamental commodity that affects every other business in the province, every other business, every other home. And the, f- you know, I can't for the life of me understand why the Chamber of Commerce isn't up in arms about power companies soaking every other company in Alberta.
1: Why don't you think they are?
4: They've been out of the regulatory game since. 2007 the the, the biggest uh, the other side of the problem that we have in this province is that the companies have essentially taken Away all of the opportunities for consumers to weigh in through the regulatory process um, it's, it's a bit of a mess. It really honestly is
1: so uh, You know when it comes to sorting this out when it comes to somebody going I don't know how much longer I can pay X amount Uh, to to keep the lights on or whatever they're, you know, running off power. Um, Is there any reason for optimism? Does something need to change? Could something change? Would a government feel an impetus to change? Uh, Like, help us understand where this could go from here for people that are trying to get a sense of what the fall or the winter might look like.
4: Uh, The winter is going to be bad again. Um, It's basically whenever we are close to... The demand and supply being unbalanced, and that can happen for a lot of different reasons. It can happen for plants being out for maintenance. It can happen uh, because a plant, you know, breaks and goes offline. Um, regardless, you end up with um, a situation where these few companies can game the market, and it doesn't have anything to do really with supply or demand. It's are they in a position where they control the pricing? Are they in a position where they can say, no, power isn't going to be six cents today. It's going to be 60.
1: And that's literally what this boils down to. The that's best, not oversimplifying the conversation.
4: It's the best summary of I've seen. And it. it's from um, our, our Friend in the other podcast the other political podcast and it's it's as simple as they let four companies drive the price up for everybody else in alberta
1: which other political you can give others a shout out uh,
4: so that was the uh the breakdown
1: oh the breakdown with nate yeah. pike there you nate, go yeah. okay yeah yeah they do a good job um so so people are just going to sit here and like what's the what's the plan like what what can people do can people do anything there's nothing people can do just sit and take it yeah Oh, jeez. Or
4: you could uh, get a government in that actually wants to fix the system. But
1: you've said that neither is capable. Well, you haven't said that. No, I haven't said... You you didn't say that. Yeah. But you did say that both have blown it.
4: Both have blown it in terms of renewables. You know, uh, I would say the NDP did it on, you know, good intentions, but, you know, the road to hell, et cetera. Yeah. Um, With this particular moratorium, I think it's more of a cruise missile aimed at uh, Enviro Barbies like me, but yeah (laughs) you know i i I, it seems entirely political it's certainly not economic
1: yeah i i mean i i don't doubt that it's political uh there's no doubt about that um i'd be curious to see and we asked the question i know it's a fair question to ask it's an obvious question to ask and that is what are the longer term economic impacts on the province Uh, number one just with scaring off investment uh, what message does it send you look at at premiers that i mean they all do it um, I, I think of uh, you know Doug Ford is one that like h- hangs the open for business sign in Ontario, and mm-hmm. and every you know politician will say you know our jurisdiction jurisdiction X is open for business, and I just think that this sends the opposite message, mm-hmm. which is uh, or, or or closed for certain types of business, and so I think that that's something that we're keeping an eye on a storyline we're keeping an eye on but but I, i i was sure hoping that there would be more reason for optimism for some people that that these prices might come down
4: they will come down probably sometime in the summer next year when uh one of the plants is being refurbished to go from coal to natural gas is back on um Forgetting which exact one that is, I think it's Genesee Two. Okay. But the the long and the short of it is that next summer prices should be a little bit more normal. But my expectation is they're not going to be back to where they should be, which is under ten cents. They'll be still high.
1: Does the average Albertan get burned because the market is deregulated? We get burned because
4: our market is stupid.
1: <laughs> yeah. I think
4: our market, if it was set up like the natural gas market. Which uh, trades mostly on the futures rather than on the spot uh, would actually work like a hot dam, and in many ways, it's been a real boon for the province to allow people to come in uh, with private generation and do new things. But the problem we have is our market is cornered. The <laughs> the mechanism they decided to use to a signal that we need more generation is to let the biggest companies drive the price up via this economic withholding strategy and you end up getting these very lumpy price adjustments where the price will you know go from 6 to 30 for two or three years and then drop back down
1: uh, ken in our live chat wants to know about this capacity market that was planned to start in 2019 uh he had us ask a similar question to dr andrew leach in our interview uh, and people can check that out last week. It was on Thursday. He wonders, would that have helped or would, uh, would NGs have avoided?
4: Uh, I, the capacity market could have helped in some ways, but the fundamental problem is with the energy side of our market that it needs to be a uh, forward, firm um, market.
1: Can you we, explain in layperson's terms, like explain sure. to a grade, grade 10 class so here's what the we're problem. talking about?
4: Let's say we come to an agreement. I'm a generator, you're a consumer, okay. you're, you're, you know, you're buying power for your, your customers. Um, and um, we come to an agreement, and I'm going to sell you power at $10 a megawatt hour, a penny a kilowatt hour. But I don't generate any. Oops. Well, if it was a real market, there would be significant physical repercussions to me as a seller. But in our market, there isn't. Because you
1: sold something you don't have. All
4: that happens is we settle financially later. And that's the biggest problem with our market. That's why it doesn't work the way it should responding to uh, supply and demand. Whose
1: markets really, if if Alberta's is stupid, like you've described, use your word, whose is really smart and why?
4: Uh, Texas has gotten better. They've uh, moved more towards everything trading on the forwards. So if you look at natural gas, You have to have a contract to get onto the system. You have to have a contract with somebody I'm selling in order to get your gas delivered to them. Uh, We just need to do the same thing in electricity. We need to make it so that it's firm, you don't get these financial games, and um, that the generators are responsible for reliability.
1: Uh, sometimes when we've got a guest on, a, uh, read an email from an audience member, and, and sure. you, you can respond to it. I thought this was interesting. This from Garth. You sent an email, uh, sent it this morning at four fifty eight. Out of boy, Garth, <laughs> up and at Adam early. Uh, he says, Jespo, it looks like some of my fellow real talkers have been sipping that wind and solar only Kool Aid a bit too much. So the Alberta government decides to pause some of these renewable projects. It's about time somebody had the guts to admit that wind and solar only are about as reliable as seeking warmth from a pair of Speedos in minus 40. I mean, nobody said wind and solar anyway, but I'll stick to his email. He says, I mean, seriously, do you want to talk about the unreliability of wind and solar in Alberta winters? Those turbines are a joke in such conditions. Do you know they need transmission oil, hydraulic oil, and probably a bunch of other things, all that have to stay warm in order for, for a high KVA turbine to continue working and don't even get me started on how they have to use the power they generate to keep from freezing solid. What a genius idea. Alberta getting its base load supply from wind and solar. Garth's kind of arguing in bad faith, but I wanted to keep reading the email. He says, don't get me wrong. I'm not bashing wind and solar entirely. They definitely have a role in cutting down emissions, decreasing our carbon footprint he says just so you know i have solar panels on my house he says i've been involved in some hefty megawatt wind ventures over in jamaica so i have a decent grasp on the subject anyway let's not forget how these supposed green solutions become as efficient as a sloth on a cold day when the temperatures drop the laws of physics don't care about your climate change agenda but who cares about efficiency when you can virtue signal to all those climate warriors And speaking of those climate warriors, don't you just love how the feds and their buddies are ready to cut off their noses to spite their faces? So desperate to pat themselves on the back for being green, they're willing to ignore the practical challenges, the reality on the ground. They'd rather freeze in the dark with a smile on their face than admit that maybe standalone renewables just aren't the golden ticket they thought that they were, at least not yet. So, Ryan, let's all keep sipping that standalone renewable energy Kool-Aid if it makes you feel good, but the Alberta government is correct to pump the brakes on these projects and take a hard look at real-world implications, because at the end of the day, you can't power a province on good intentions and wishful thinking. That from Garth.
4: Can you repeat the line he said in there about physics and global warming?
1: Uh, I don't know where was it.
4: Yeah, your physics doesn't care about yeah, your, your physics climate doesn't conspiracy, care about
1: your climate change agenda. Physics
4: is exactly why there's a climate change theory. You know where there isn't a climate change uh, controversy? Venus. There's no coal lobby. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. okay. <this, it's laughs> There's got to be a point at which we say, you know, what you're saying is stupid and crazy, right? We have consensus from the world scientists as to what's going on. We could look outside at the forest fire smoke that's coming our way and see what's going outside. I, I, this notion that we can just, you know, put our head in the sand and... and, and Say that climate change is some sort of conspiracy is the worst kind of stupid.
1: Well, I'm glad you to uh, we willing you know, to take on that email head on. I mean, I I, I, I understand that you know for a lot of people, um, and, and I don't know if 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 Garth is is presenting that you know based on his sincere feeling or not, but I haven't seen anybody suggest that Alberta like I haven't seen anybody suggest that Alberta will be able to sustain or or, or meet its energy requirements solely with wind and solar but it strikes me as a civilian and this is why we get the it's, experts on the show but as a civilian it strikes me as prudent and it strikes me as the intelligent move to look to new tech and integrate new tech uh to find a way to decrease our carbon footprint and control our emissions which we know we need to do well That's
4: if, if anything light. he said about wind turbines was correct no one would build them Uh, So let me just point to the market and say you're obviously wrong. But the second part of that, in terms of reliability, do people really think that the clockwork like coming on and coming off of solar panels during the day is more difficult to manage than Genesee 2 coming off with a catastrophic uh, failure? Because that happens all the time, Hmm. right? We have 2,000 megawatt plants that can you know, drop 500 megawatts because the, um, you know, turbine is imbalanced or they had a a shunt. I mean, we plan for things that cause power outages and cover them off all the time and have forever, but... You know, this notion that renewables are what are causing us reliability problems is is bunkum. We don't pay renewables for reliability. We pay them for cheap energy. We pay peaking plants for, uh, for reliability, and we don't pay them enough. And that's why we have issues both in Texas and in Alberta, which are the only two places with energy-only electricity markets, with reliability.
1: Uh, you mentioned Texas. What is Dallas-Fort Worth doing that's so special? I keep hearing people talking about Dallas-Fort Worth.
4: Well, Dallas-Fort Worth is uh, As they say has four registered environmentalists and they are likely to be the first uh, Major metropolitan area to be a hundred percent green energy uh, powered uh, I love Texas Spend a lot of time there Texas uh, Doesn't care about your you know labels. They want to make money and so Texas had a huge renewable influx, just like us. Um, and just like us, they tried to blame that on the reliability problems. Uh, it's not the case, but it's, you know, uh, there's no antipathy between the oil and gas sector and uh, the green energy sector in Texas. It's all, let's go make some money. And yeah. I wish we would do that here because this, this is actually where we lose the most our potential is to have the biggest green energy basin in the world between Saskatchewan, Alberta, uh, British Columbia, and the Northwest Territories. We could produce more hydro, wind, solar, and geothermal than almost anywhere else in North America. It's one of the last great untapped uh, green energy resources. If the feds would put up the money and negotiate with the states so that we could have an export agreement, we could very quickly, like within 10 years, be a major exporter of green electricity to those millions and millions and millions of E-150s that are going to be built in the U.S. with their new inflation money. Um, but no, uh, let's go back to if it's c- not combustion, it's communism, right? We, we just have this weird... Hatred for anything that isn't oil and gas here like it runs in our veins
1: But you can't tell me that the 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 conventional or traditional oil and gas lobby is any less powerful in in texas Um, Oddly enough
4: I can really they have not been able to take over the regulatory system the texas railroad commission um, Like we've seen here with both
1: the utilities commission and the energy board Wow have we missed anything? Is there, are there any important points you're going to walk out of here and go, shoot, I wish we would have mentioned that. I wish we would have talked about that.
4: Uh, you know, if they really wanted to look after consumers, like fix the electricity market. We all know it's been broken. It's been broken for years. Um, make it work like the gas market and everybody would be better off. The generators would be better off. It's more predictable. Consumers would be way better off. I mean, but until you fix that, it's just going to be the same mess that it is.
1: It's interesting. I always try to get people to, you know, this is kind of how I pay attention to what politicians have to say. And and, and that's just like, what are they focusing on? What's most relevant to the story? and, And what are they ignoring? And it's pretty interesting to hear politicians talking right now in the context of this pause on renewables and wind and solar. Uh, Despite the fact that pollsters will probably tell you that this next federal election will be fought on affordability and cost of living, uh, obviously other issues can arise. No politicians in government or uh, in opposition right now are talking about that, Uh, and that is because it's much more powerful of a message To imply or to suggest to people that if we move forward with this, you know, renewables, if we continue going down this path, you know, cutting emissions, et cetera, et cetera, uh, then we could find ourselves in minus 30 and your home you won't be able to heat it. And people start thinking about their own families and they start thinking about what it would be like. You know, Ralph Klein wanted the Eastern bastards to freeze in the dark. People start thinking about what would it be like if my family was freezing in the dark. And because they don't like the thought of that, their kids crying out from the bedroom, daddy, as they're under five blankets, you know, because Alberta looked to wind and solar, they automatically push back on it. And I think that that's really interesting. And I think that that's really telling to a certain degree.
4: Fear is the easiest thing to use to motivate people to do something against their in their own interests. I come from a public utilities background. And I think that's probably what's different between me and um, like Andrew Leach, for example, I have lots of respect for Andrew, uh, you know, smart guy. But he doesn't come from a public utilities public service background. And to me, that's what's gone missing. Is that whereas we used to celebrate, you know, the linemen going out at minus 30 to keep the power on. um, Now we're celebrating guys doing energy trading and buying Ferraris, right? Um, It's a fundamental change in the ethos of public utilities. And I think that uh, if they returned to the notion of public service, people wouldn't be quite so um, frustrated with them.
1: Is there a Canadian jurisdiction that's doing it really well?
4: In terms of integrating all this stuff,
1: um, Quebec. People here don't like to hear that.
4: Ben, c'est pas mon problème, là.
1: Okay, so what, what's one thing real quick that Quebec's doing really well?
4: Uh, they Well, you know, they've been a major exporter of green energy forever, right, from hydro, and now they're just adding to that with wind. Uh, the, but their wind potential is nothing like ours. I mean, it's it, it is... tragedy that if we forego this opportunity for purely BS political reasons that will be a real tragedy we have great potential to have you know decades and decades of green energy production sales powering this province and uh, our economy
1: Uh, Dave thanks for coming in and and, uh, sort of like shining some light on this helping us better understand it we always want our audience to feel like they're equipped to get into conversations with people from an informed perspective, and and to kind of cut through the BS, and so I appreciate that. I was I, I'm not going to lie; I was hoping you could give us some secret on how we can cut our power bills by eighty five percent, but maybe that's out of your hands for, uh, for now.
4: It gets back to physics, right? Yeah,
1: yeah. Okay, yeah. that's always an inconvenient truth. Um, in your uh, retirement, so to speak, uh, you've launched a philanthropic venture, and people can check it out online at Art for Good. C A, the number four, artforgood.ca, where art meets heart. And uh, I'm absolutely thrilled that as of this morning, and we'll link to this in the show notes, we're going to put it out on all of our socials, uh, people can show their support for the Real Talk Julie Rohr Scholarship uh, by picking up a beautiful print uh, titled Emerald Waters. Is you this, brought it in. Do you want to grab we, it? Yeah, you why, don't you, why don't you bring it uh, here in studio? This is absolutely beautiful. Who snapped this photo, first of all?
4: So this photo...
1: Here, let me grab this, and you go back in front of your microphone. Uh, yeah, that would probably help, wouldn't it? Uh, this photo
4: was taken by Vanessa Lecaine on Chain Lakes between uh, Banff and Jasper out on her kayak, um, and I had started last year taking photos from Dr. Darren Markland, uh, who is out in People the River Valley him, yeah. at, at dawn, taking these great pictures. But then I take in, um, well, vandalize them, you know, turn them into... You add kind of a
1: neat digital touch to them. How do you describe what you do?
4: Well, I've got all the toys in the world for um, for art, um, Mostly because I was doing record covers. I've oh, been a musician since I was a kid, and in bands and whatnot. So you you get all these uh, tools to make your covers and all that stuff. And uh, I have a few very cool filters uh, that I then take into Photoshop and and basically hand paint over. Uh, again to make sure that at three yeah it it shows up as a well the
1: results are stunning and then and then you obviously blow them up on a canvas yeah and uh, have them stretched and and people can they're ready to hang yeah they're uh, beautiful
4: it's um, uh, people have been very happy because we were able to give pretty good value Um, we did this last year to raise money for Ukraine humanitarian relief we ended up donating almost $12,000 to the campaign from the Kazakh and uh, and Stomach, uh, paid for a sea can of electrical equipment to go to Ukraine to uh, repair their substations and whatnot that had been targeted by war. Um, So we felt very good about that, but it really opened my eyes to the opportunity for fundraising using art. Um, I had the good fortune to be elected treasurer in my Kiwanis club and then the misfortune to be re-elected treasurer a number of times uh, fundraising for organizations is always hard and uh, what I got out of the experience we had last year was that there's good margins in these things yeah and if you do it right you can do it so that everybody benefits that the artist benefits the organization benefits um, and I think that's what's been missing uh, it's um, it's it's kind of a rotary thing right there's a four-way rotary test and the two important things is it fair and it says everybody benefit yeah and that's what's been missing in using art for fundraising is that the artists have not really benefited uh, so we're coming at this as an artist agency we we want to help artists make a living um, our research has shown us that the dead artists don't need the money. Mm. <laughs> uh, and so for every campaign that we do through this program, we split the proceeds 50% to the net, to the uh the cause, 30% to the artists or artists, and then 20% to us as the agency to keep things going. Uh, we found that's been really well uh accepted, that people think that's fair. Uh, and for us, we can take, you know, a very limited amount of copyright from an artist and hopefully turn that into sales of, you know, hundreds of prints that, you know, give them back some thousands of dollars.
1: That's really neat. And and people can read more about it at artforgood.ca again and, and about the, the specific uh, this initiative, raising money for the Real Talk Julie Rose Scholarship, but also uh, more generally speaking about the model as you've described it and how it all works. Um, this is uh, a type of situation where this is someone orders this online; it'll be shipped right to their door. Shipped right to their like door. Like, there's no hassle beyond that. They just go. They choose yep. whatever size they want. I see that the price range is is fantastic, so people can get a, a smaller print for as small as thirty five dollars, as, yep. as and, and and all the way up to three twenty five for the big one, like the yes. one you've got here in studio. Uh,
4: the big one's actually bigger than this. A little bit bigger
1: than this. That's what forty by forty eight, I think. Uh,
4: yeah, this one's forty by thirty.
1: Okay. And uh, yeah,
4: after getting this one in, I. I decided that it it could be a real statement piece.
1: Yeah, oh well, 36 by 48 is the yeah. big one. So yeah, yeah, people can can pick their size obviously it would look it looks stunning uh ready to be hung like this and and then obviously framed this would look just next level. Um all in support of the scholarship, really appreciate that. Does this mean then that you're I mean are there opportunities for other artists, uh, photographers, yes. people that maybe would see a fit and and that maybe even I don't know do you take suggestions on which which nonprofits you might work with yes. i mean if a photographer says i've got a a shot of paedo lake that'll take your breath away and yep. i'd love to raise money for alzheimer's for example that's something you could work with them on
4: absolutely uh yeah we've already been approached by a number of uh fairly major charities to yeah. create campaigns for this next year uh these particular ones where i take someone else's photograph and work with them i'm, I'm happy to do that and uh donate artist's fees to the cause so for this one because it's close to the heart for both uh vanessa and i uh, i mean i lost my my wife holly the same time that uh, just before julie oh um and so i feel you know a a very strong connection to to her family and trying to help uh with this i think is a great it
1: makes me feel good so i can tell that by your face man Yeah, yeah. yeah
4: Uh, But for other ones, yeah, we are definitely looking for more artists. We're hoping to get up to about 200 campaigns a year, which we think we can handle with the uh, sort of size of organization we've got. Um, Did you
1: say 200 campaigns a
4: year? Yeah. What? Yeah, yeah, we think we can do one a day for 40 weeks a year. Um, (laughs) Who's administering this? um, You? I used to have 400 staff. I I don't really have a... (laughs) (laughs) You know, I'm not... Uh, wow, bad. I'm not adverse to taking on big projects, right?
1: Good for you. Yeah. Well, um, we're we're thrilled that you've you've chosen this one, and and uh, that scholarship. Um, I mean, for for people to know of interest, um, we're actually so the way that the application process goes so every year, people can check out RyanJespersen.com/slash/scholarship. Yeah. Um, it's a five thousand dollar annual support for a, a post secondary student anywhere in Canada per Julie's wishes mm-hmm. um, that's lost a parent to cancer, and actually tonight. Uh, this evening, our editorial board will meet uh, the evening of August 14th. They're the ones that have will be going through. We've provided them yeah. with a short list of applicants that meet all the criteria. That's where we leave it. We don't yeah. narrow it down from there. If you've met all the criteria... Uh, We pass it along to the editorial board. Tonight, they will be selecting uh, the recipient of the scholarship this year. So the timing of this Mm -hmm. announcement is very meaningful, David. That's perfect. And uh, it means a lot to us. And and obviously, we're going to pick this up um, and and support this as best we can along with you. And so we'll be telling our audience Mm -hmm. about this, reminding them in the days to come. Is there a certain number? Like, can we sell this out?
4: Oh, with this one, it's unlimited. Okay, so uh, we can so, keep
1: producing them.
4: Yeah, with, uh, with most campaigns, what we're doing is uh, trying to set a number. So if you want to do a project, tell us what that number is. Let's say it's $5,000. Got it. If we raise more than $5,000 for your project, we're gonna take that money and apply it to other projects that haven't sold out yet or haven't met their goal yet uh, for the very simple reason that it's art. You don't know which ones are gonna be hits and which ones are gonna be flops and you won't know until you put them in the marketplace. Yeah. We'll set this down yeah. before your arms die. Uh, and so we, uh, we've we also had really good response with that. Uh, and this is where it comes from my experience as a fundraiser before, right? If we can avoid losing money, We can keep the profit margins tight and and still share this with everybody and still have a uh, a business so that's really the fundamental of what we're trying to do is to take the uh, the advantages that any group has in terms of having a network of people that want to buy their stuff yeah and then giving them the opportunity to make money with stuff that's meaningful to their audience right i love it it's going to be a lot of fun i'm looking forward to traveling the whole province and Mm. Shooting and creating paintings. Uh, I've got my oil paints back out after several years, so we'll be happy to see that sort of stuff coming on. <laughs> Actually, it's funny, my oil painting now is inspired by my digital vandalism. Yeah. Uh, but I'm really looking forward to also the new artists we've got coming on. We have some that we'll be bringing on this week. And just, you know, I'm looking forward to having a huge catalog of fantastic art that shows this province and all its beauty because it is a bloody beautiful place it's the most beautiful place in the world i love it here i love this place i'm not leaving and we'll just make sure that you know people's power rates go down
1: <laughs> <laughs> we knew you'd find a way to bring this all back to electricity i love that david dk gray uh, a wonderful friend of this show again at art for good that's the number 4 art for good ca let well, me you, just you got these little guys show you off in here what's this one
4: uh, so this is the second campaign that we started
1: what's that 12 by 12 uh, this yeah just a little 12 a small by 12. little print we, yeah
4: we sell these there's actually four of them we sell them in a the set um, these are for ferns animal sanctuary there's oh, a wonderful uh animal sanctuary that takes animals that can't be uh, adopted or put up anywhere else so horses pigs uh <laughs> She has this, the craziest turkey you've ever seen. Oh, and that's saying something. And yeah. be, if you really want a timeline cleanse, just go looking for baby goats. Is that's this ferns,
1: ferns with an E?
4: Uh, f- no, ferns with an F. Like, uh, like no, the but plant. at the end, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Like ferns Animal Sanctuary. Ferns Acres Animal ferns, Sanctuary. Ferns Acres Animal Sanctuary. Yeah, yeah I got that, it wrong. Right. Where
1: their, uh, their slogan is straight out of the gully. <laughs> I am intrigued big time. Johnny wants to open an animal sanctuary, him and his wife. Mm-hmm. This is yeah, I, I, I can just see I can see you. I can friends. see you paying close attention over there, Johnny.
2: <laughs> Look at this. My my goal is to retire and just paint sheep and, and cows that are retired as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're hard to paint because they keep moving. They
1: keep moving.
4: We need a, I, a sprayer. This is
2: funny because I just recently bought my wife like an entire paint set. Did you really? So it's it's at home. It's not cracked yet, oh, but it's cool. something she wants to take up as well.
1: I love that.
4: Art is how we share those parts of being human that are hard to communicate.
1: Ah, well said. Uh, people have all kinds of questions now about, about this art. Um, this yeah, what size
2: for, is that print people are asking? What's
1: this, 36 by? Uh, that one's
4: 30 by 40.
1: Mm-hmm. 30 by 40. So that's a good size. That's like that's kind of like your. I mean, that's 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 a good. That'll fill a wall nicely. I mean, it's all relatively speaking. How big yeah. is your wall? But
4: I, I you know, because marketing, we always call it the biggest one the executive deluxe edition. Oh well, now
1: <laughs> now of course you know that we're gonna we're we're gonna need to get the executive deluxe size. John, we're, gonna to, <laughs> we're gonna have to we're gonna have to get, pick up some new office space so we can hang the bigger one. um We've got uh, some people asking if you have cityscapes. Do you have cityscapes? Uh,
4: well, we have the two original ones that we started with last year. What's
1: that one there? Can you grab yeah, that one so- over there? You've you've had one. This was a Darren Markland. People know Darren Markland. He's he's an uh, ER doc, uh, rather ICU doc in a uh, and uh, obviously has been. Uh, he's like he's like a social media star for what he's been uh, posting through the course of the pandemic. But here's one, a beautiful one of Edmonton's Walterdale Bridge um that looks uh what's that looking west right uh that is looking is it, east, or is it looking east off the high level towards, ah, right um, it's heading north that bridge from the u of a yeah yeah oh, up to uh Groat road yeah uh
4: and then we have one other one which is a sunset of downtown okay uh, that kind of matches so capital are...
1: cityscapes in a way yeah uh, and what was this a fundraiser for uh this is for ukraine humanitarian relief so oh this is the one you told us about this is the so one this one raised about 15 g's yeah this one raised about half of that Wow, the color that you use—I know this might be annoying for people on the podcast. Apologies, but you you can check it out on YouTube, and (laughs) and we're going to put these—we'll put these pictures all over our social channels. Um, But you really—the way that that light is exploding through those clouds—you've really captured that on canvas, which isn't always the easiest to do. That's
4: the funny thing about this is that, I mean, it's a—it's a little digital abstraction yeah right? it's um if you look at the math of it it's all matrix algebra uh looking for edges and then doing funny things when you find them uh. but those are the actual colors of our sky right that's the, the just because they're put into these blocks the actual real natural beauty of our city shines through better with a little bit of ab- abstraction yeah uh, but you know it's it's uh, our skies are unbelievable, right? When people come here from other places.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. That. People talk about I, m- I remember my buddy Stu said this once. He lives... Uh, we gave a shout-out to Brooks the other day. Uh, Stu spends a lot of time out on Lake Newell. Mm. And I remember camping with him once near Lake Newell. And he looked up and he just said, there's nothing like a prairie sky. There is not. And uh, he was bang on about that.
4: That's the one thing that I've noticed as I've adopted this artist thing because <laughs> it's kind of weird for me i I spent a year or you know a, a, a career in a very 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 dry technical field sure and now i switch over to doing this stuff and people are responding to it well and it's like geez why didn't i do this years ago
1: yeah <laughs> yeah but
4: maybe i wasn't ready
1: well anyway. i think we'll, we'll need to shuffle some things around here in the studio because we got to put it I, i've always liked the way that the shot we have uh uh J-Cat, uh, we have a, a photo from a very talented uh, Cree artist in Edmonton, mm. Jay, uh, John Cardinal, that, um, that you can see in Johnny's wide shot. Johnny, do you mind taking your shot there? You see that there on that feature wall yeah. behind Johnny? Uh, but I think, you know, whether it's a temporary move or not, we always like to move our art around in the studio. I think it, maybe we'll hang this one here um, so people will be reminded, and obviously we'll support the campaign, uh, people will be reminded uh, when they see that image uh, that they can do something to to help that that uh, scholarship go, and we want to get that scholarship up to a hundred grand as soon as possible. Yeah. This campaign put it this way uh, with where we 're at with that scholarship fund we 've worked in partnership with the Edmonton community foundation yeah um, if 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 this one does as well as your markland one did that 'll push us over a hundred gs awesome, so that would be sweet hey uh, guys we'd love that
4: you. You, you heard the challenge.
1: <laughs> there you go.
4: Let's get at it.
1: Let's get Love at it. it. Hey, man, thanks. You've always been, this is our first time hanging out in person, but yeah. but you've always been such a good friend to the show, and, 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 and I appreciate, you know, we, we kind of thought, well, how how, how will we do this? Uh, we were just, I told the audience last week, you were booked to come on here and talk about the philanthropy and the fundraiser and all that before ahead of time anyway. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, as this this story just exploded uh, last couple of weeks about the wind and solar, you know, moratorium yeah. and all that kind of stuff. And it just felt obvious that we needed to deepen our conversation with you.
4: I, uh, I feel an obligation of public service because of the opportunity that I had uh, through a crown-owned corporation and then uh, two government departments uh, to learn what I've learned um, and, you know, be, be what I am. Consumers in Alberta need better representation, and the policymakers in Alberta need to think more about consumers.
1: Hmm. Simply said, there you have it. Uh, it's David Gray. You can follow him on Twitter at the real DK Gray. Did you have imposters? Did you have other people coming at trying to get the DK Gray handle? Was that? The- uh,
4: yeah, I've got a. a, a, a a screen capture of all the ones that are trying to be me. Yes. And I'm thinking, there's no way you're never going to pull
1: off this haircut. Okay. (laughs) Nicely said. The cue ball. Uh, You could, of course, learn more about supporting this fundraiser again by checking out the show notes in this episode. This conversation has been presented by our friends at Kubi Renewable Energy. It makes sense, doesn't it, David? They're Western Canada's busiest solar installer and there's a few things that they want you focusing on right now. That is number one... Uh, The fact that when you work with Kubi, you can do so with confidence. We know that this is an investment for you. Uh, We know even just the simple fact of getting people up on your roof, having somebody that might need to get into your attic. There's a trust factor there. You want to know they're not going to screw it up. You want to know that they're going to do it right. Well, Kubi was recently voted the best solar installation company in Kamloops. They are, bar none, the most experienced solar installer across Western Canada, and they're committed to making your transition to solar, simple and stress-free. You can get in touch with them today for a free quote, whether it's for your residence, whether it's for a commercial property. Hell, whether or not it's for your farm, you can learn more at kubienergy.ca. A lot of talk about emissions and for obvious reasons. We know that the oil and gas industry, and particularly the oil sands, drive Alberta's economy. But we know that oil sands operations contribute significant carbon emissions in Canada. So, the six largest companies are working together and with governments to take strides on the path to net zero from their operations. Part of that plan includes developing a proposed carbon capture and storage network by 2030. It's going to be one of the world's largest. You can learn more about this project by checking out pathwaysalliance.ca. Are you a professional engineer? in Canada and you desperately need a change of pace, you need to leave the lousy place you're working because they don't appreciate you, they don't challenge you, and they didn't even have a Christmas party, you're going to need to check out apexautomation.ca today. They're hiring professional engineers and soon-to-be graduates that were looking to work in the field of electrical engineering, instrumentation, computer science, process engineering, mechanical engineering. If you're an instrument tech and electrician, Apex wants to hear from you. Uh, It's an amazing place to work. Uh, They've got projects going on the regular in BC, Alberta, Saskatchewan, into the territories, down in the Lone Star State. They've just opened a field office down in Texas. You can kickstart the next phase in your career by checking out the careers link on their website. That's apexautomation.ca. And a shout-out to our friends at Local Environmental Services. Uh, Still, day in, day out, they believe that communities deserve better. They're not just about garbage. They're not just about recycling or water hauling or fence rentals or landfill services, portable toilet, you name it. I mean, yeah, they do that all in Alberta and Saskatchewan, but they believe that you and your community Deserves better service, better prices, and more support for local causes. They are your full-service environmental solutions partner. If you're a decision maker for a business, big or small, or for a municipality anywhere in Alberta and Saskatchewan, request a quote, start saving money today at localenvironmental.ca coming up on tomorrow's real talk we got an email from a real talker but not just an average ordinary real talker this is one that runs a cfl podcast Uh, he didn't like what our group chat roundtable had to say about not just the edmonton elks but the canadian football league so he's going to come on and argue his case tomorrow he says the future is bright and sunny and speaking of sunny waves, I can't announce an interview, but we're working on one, and it looks good. Let's say a high-profile federal politician. Chances are better than not that she will join us on Tuesday's Real Talk. We hope you will, too.
0: Real Talk is hosted by Ryan Jesperson, executive producer Josh Dunford. Technical Producer, John Hicks. General Manager, Katie cook Chivers. Account Coordinator, Lawrence Durlego. Human Resources, Lena Shepherd. Website Design, Mike Johnston. voiceover by me, Carrie Skelton. Real Talk's editorial board is Sapria Duveti, Ahmed Ali, Brandy Morin, Anne Castleman, Corey Hogan, Harman Candola, Catherine O'Neill, and Chris Henderson.